Howdy, howdy here from Austin, Texas. I'm reading this is in the huddle. I want to welcome you guys to episode four and thank you all for tuning in. So first things first, let's go ahead and get into my uh, very deep analysis of the weekend, usually given to you in a couple of words. So for this weekend, I would say more of the same. More of the same is the theme of the week. And now why I say that is if you tuned in last week, you would have heard the theme of the week was upsets, upsets, upsets. And surprise, surprise, it's carried on to this week. And I would not be surprised if it carried on for the rest of the season. That's what it's going towards. That's the trend I'm seeing. And like I've said in other weeks, I'm not the one complaining. I'm loving it, guys. I'm loving it. This season has been fun. Disappointing for me as an Aggie fan, but sure has been fun. So... A good thing happened this weekend and a bad thing happened this weekend, all right? Good thing. I had a nice homecoming Saturday. It was very nice. Had a nice night. It was great. Bad news is uh, homecoming's on Saturday. So didn't watch any college football. So you would have seen me on Sunday watching all the replays of the games and pretty much just getting frustrated with myself sitting in my room that I did not watch these games live because I will tell you right now before you get into these games, guys, some good stuff happened this weekend, and I am so excited to get into it because so much is going on, not only with college football games, but politically in college football. A lot of things are going on, and I'm excited to get down to the bottom of it. So let's go and get into the uh, the action. Alabama versus Arkansas is what I want to cover first. Alabama wins 49-26 to in Reynolds Stadium. So how about the Wounded Hogs? That's what I want to start this off by. I know that's going to make some people mad. But coming off to a loss uh, uh, to A&M the week before in Arlington, I think a lot of people had high hopes for Arkansas, you know? Sometimes a loss like that kind of uh, gives you the pep in the step you need to pick it up the next week. Maybe a loss like that helps you recognize the flaws and what you need to fix so you can pick it up next week. But that didn't really happen for for, uh, Arkansas. And to be honest... I saw it coming. I saw Alabama coming. I heard all the upset rumors, but we all knew this was going to happen. So it was 28-7 to going into halftime, but Alabama had lost Bryce Young in the second quarter, so that was kind of a hit to that. Now, what I really want to talk about, except for that, there was a little bit of an Arkansas comeback after the uh, after halftime, which I will say it was impressive. I kind of saw the game getting close, but then again, Alabama's offense picked it up, and they took it home. So now what I want to talk about with this game is – with Alabama specifically, and how they implemented the second-string QB, uh, Jalen Milrow. So, now, why this is so impressive is when you think about an offensive plan for a game, right? You go into a game, and you have an offensive plan, and that plan is usually centered around the quarterback because the quarterback is the most important position on the field, as all of us should know. And that quarterback was Bryce Young. That quarterback was a Heisman winner. That quarterback was a Heisman contender for this year. And they lost that guy... They put in their second string, and they continued doing what they were doing. I mean, how impressive is that? That shows the kind of depth that Alabama has, and that shows you why this program has been so successful and why this program is so scary. All right? So, I mean, Alabama also just ran really well. All right? They averaged about uh, 7.5 yards of carry with a total of 317 on Arkansas. Now, when you're a team like that, like Alabama running like that, and you're putting up those kind of numbers, I mean, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat with a team like Alabama. So I want to move on from that. Let's go ahead and go on to uh, TCU versus Oklahoma. TCU wins 55-24. to This was probably one of the most unexpected blowouts of the year so far. And now when I, when I saw this score, 
I thought something had to have been messed up. I was like, what in the world? This is like one of those I, I marked on my schedule and I was like, yeah, Oklahoma is going to show what they can do before they turn around and play Texas. But it's going to make the game interesting next week. So TCU is now 4-0. It leaves them 4-0. Oklahoma is now 3-2 and because they had lost to Kansas State the previous week as we talked about. So, I mean, this game, it, you can take it all the way back to halftime. I mean, it was disappointing from the start. Going into halftime, it was 41-17 to um, TCU. I think TCU averaged about 10.2 yards per, uh, per just play, which means TCU was essentially getting a first down every time they snapped the football. Take a, just take a moment and process that. That is unbelievable. I mean, that is unbelievable. How can you not just dominate a game when you're, when you're putting up numbers like that? And you may think, oh, you know, Oklahoma, they probably have some guys out on defense. No, they just got outplayed. They just got outplayed. They didn't have a good plan going in, and they got outplayed. It shows you what happens. So, now, my, by me saying Oklahoma played bad, that's not me shading TCU in any way. TCU, I'll tell you right now, TCU is the better team. I can tell you that straight off. TCU could play Oklahoma a hundred times, and I think they would win the majority of those matchups. Because the reason is, is Oklahoma, look, they have all the talent in the world. Okay, have you seen the recruiting for Oklahoma? Have you seen the kind of coaching staff Oklahoma has had? And now you look at the score of this game, and you go, what went wrong? When Oklahoma has all the talent in the world, what went wrong? Comes down to two things. Comes down to a game plan, and it comes down to practice and how you prepare for the game. Obviously, something's not meshing well in Oklahoma because if this trend continues to happen for them and they're, they're, they're losing games like this, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be good for the program because <laughs> these fans are sure not too happy about it. I'll tell you that much. All right. Now, before I move on from this little segment, I want to go over two important things. First of all, TCU is going up against Kansas next week. All right. Now, that's going to be an interesting game. Most of you know Kansas is undefeated right now. They're looking good. The Big 12 right now is so wide open. It's, it is anyone's game right now. There's no clear Big 12 winner. And the, the, the matchup next week with TCU and Kansas is going to decide a lot of things. So one last thing I want to break off. This is kind of a question for you guys to ponder All right, after this episode. Is who do you guys think TCU's offensive coordinator is? Who do you think? And uh, luckily, I'm here. I can answer that for you. It's Garrett Riley. And uh, yes, it's Lincoln Riley's brother. So now you can all take that as you want. But I think that's hilarious. I don't know if it's just, you know, random coincidence or maybe if there was something there that kind of gave him a little bit of an edge. I don't know. But I just think that's hilarious and thought it needed to be said. So let's go on and move on to Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State wins 42-24. to Now... Huge game for A&M, right? They're going into this game. They were kind of already, they're not in a, they're not in a must-win situation. Like, it's not like Jimbo Fisher's getting fired tomorrow, all right? It's not like they can't lose this game, but let's be honest, it's a turning point in the season. They've already lost a bad game to Appalachian State. You can't turn around and keep losing. So, obviously, A&M loses, and I mean... I'll be honest, going into this game, I kind of had an idea in my head, even though Mississippi State was favored, I honestly kind of thought, like, you know what, I think a will pull this away and surprise people. Like, I think this could be our breakout game. I think this is when we can show people what kind of team we should be this season and how we perform. But obviously that did not happen. And honestly, the big reason it didn't happen is turnovers. Turnovers. 
How important are turnovers in college football? Very, 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 and especially important for an offense that's, you know, not very productive, like A&M, okay? A&M, I think they had uh, four turnovers, and three of which, which this is the bad part, three of which were in the red zone, and one of which I think was because of a, I mean, the whole game we were struggling with low snaps from our center. That killed us. Kind of got the offense out of rhythm a couple times. But this, this is the thing. A&M cannot find their offensive rhythm, okay? Our QB can't find our offensive rhythm, but just overall our offense can't and our play calling can't. So that's something we've got to figure out because what we're doing now is not working. What Jimbo has said we were going to do in the offseason is not happening, okay? So, and let's move on to kind of the defense of A&M. Our defense just didn't show up. Mississippi State ran for 6.5 yards a carry, now, those of you who know Mississippi State uh, football or have watched a football game from them, you know they cannot run on anybody. So <laughs> when they put up those kind of running numbers on you, it gets embarrassing, and I, I don't want to talk about it. So, I mean, and our passing offense was, I mean, just awful. It's just awful. Like, we cannot move the ball down the field. We stayed on the field a little bit better this game, but... Still, just it's not going to cut it. Now, with Jimbo Fisher and all that business of him getting fired, he's not going to get fired. I, I think the question of if he's going to get fired, no, it's not happening today. Now, will it happen come December 1st when his contract uh, buyout drops down to like $45 million? I think so. I think that's a possibility. But that's something, you know, we'll see when we get to it. Now, I want to leave this segment off with a couple compliments for the winning team because I can't go over here and shade A&M and shade all this. I got to talk about the winning team because wow, did Mississippi State pull off a good game and put up an uh, amazing performance. So now what I want to cover with Mississippi State is specifically their passing. So everyone knew going into this game, their quarterback, he's dangerous. Uh, the receivers, not any receivers that are going first round of the draft, but they had something special going. Okay. And we all knew that. But they had seven receivers they targeted in the game. Seven receivers they targeted. Seven receivers counted yards in that game. That is ridiculous. When, when an offense has that kind of mobility of which they can pass the ball around to that many different people, it makes an offense unpredictable, right? And an offense that's unpredictable is hard to play defense against. It's as simple as that. And you know what else is as simple as that? Mississippi State is the better team. Simple as that. I'm going to leave it off with that. Georgia versus Missouri. Georgia wins 26 to 22. Yes, Georgia wins, but 26 to 22 against Missouri. Now, another little surprising game this week. Who would have uh, who would have expected that turnout? Right? So I think this might be one of the most surprising games we've seen all year. This, the TCU game that I talked about earlier. I mean, this is all just coming at us so quick. So quick, but I love it. So now watching watching this game, I mean Georgia just I mean, they were just dead. They were just dead all three quarters. And then finally, the fourth quarter, they woke up. They woke up, somehow pulled it off. And I think this was very similar to kind of the Texas-Alabama game, kind of a team playing down to a team that they know they should blow out. And then it kind of creates this whole situation where it's like they went into it thinking they were going to blow them out. And then, oh, wait, this team's actually fighting back. Oh, wait, this environment's actually hard to play in. Oh, wait, we might lose. And then they finally, you know, they pull it off. But this kind of brought up a good question is like, is Georgia as good as we thought they are, right? Are they as good as we thought we are? And I'm going to answer that question. Can Georgia still win a national title? Yes, 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 yes. 
Yes, 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 a thousand times, okay? Georgia, I don't think of them really any differently than I thought of them before this game. And I, I'm not always the guy who's like, oh, win's a win, you know? There is stuff to break down within the game and how the team won or how they lost. I understand that. But at the same time, I think Georgia walks away with this, you know, maybe feeling a little down on themselves, but at least they, you know, they understand their flaws now and they can figure out stuff because no team is going to be perfect. And from what we've seen from Georgia so far, pretty much perfectness, pretty much perfection, except for the Kent State game, which kind of was a replication of this kind of, you know, they almost kind of let one slip past them. But I just don't think there's, there's any doubt that Georgia's good. I don't think there's any doubt that they can still compete for a national title. It's not something I'm worried about. That's something maybe we can talk about next week when we see what they do. Um, some other scores this week I want to take you all through. Some important games I'm not going to cover, but, you know, need to know. Kentucky versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins 22-19. Now, if you saw the last part of that game, uh, Kentucky's quarterback had, like, two turnovers. They really should have won the game. I say should have won. You know, who won, who, you know, whoever wins, wins. I get it. But Kentucky kind of choked at the end. Um Clemson versus NC State. Clemson wins 30-20, to as I predicted. Clemson just, they're a strong team. They're a strong team, and I think uh, they're going to make a name for themselves in the ACC this, this year. Uh, Oklahoma State versus Baylor, that little rivalry. Oklahoma State wins 36-25. Like I said earlier, Big 12 is wide open. No idea what's going to happen with that conference. An exciting conference this year. Wake Forest versus Florida State. Uh, Wake Forest wins 31 to 21. And then uh, Texas Tech versus Kansas State. Kansas State wins 37 to 28. So Kansas State coming off that win of Oklahoma. Turn around next week. Look good again. It's looking good for Kansas State. So some games I'm going to watch this weekend. And I really recommend you sit down, you get some wings, whatever your food of choice is, and you turn on. All right. Arkansas versus Mississippi State. TCU versus Kansas, really good game. BYU versus Notre Dame. Texas A&M versus Alabama, praying it's not a bloodbath. Florida State versus NC State. And these are some of the big games that uh, have got me licking my lips. And I'm just excited to watch. So I think that'll be it for me to guys. I think that'll be it for me, guys, today. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Reed. This is In the Huddle, and I'll see you all next week.